Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that you out there in listener land know everything that there is to know about competitive balance tasks and ghost wins. Today is March 7th, and I am Nancy, your basketball enthusiast, and I am joined by my co-hosts. Uh, here, one has a cat. Hi. That's me. I'm Rebecca. I'm your uh, hockey person, and I would like to wish my grandmother a happy 101st birthday, even though she will never listen to this. Because she doesn't know what a podcast is, she doesn't have a smartphone, and I'm not going to try to explain to my aunts what a podcast is or how to listen to one. You don't want your aunts to hear you swearing about hockey endlessly? I mean, they hear me do that anyway, (laughs) just not like in a public forum. Uh, That's fair. Well, happy 101st birthday to your grandmother. I'm sure she's terrific. And I hope she had a very nice cake and whatever celebration she wanted. Uh, And I'm Rachel. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for clearing that up. Who are you, Rachel? What do you do? Uh, Rebecca, I don't think you said Usually I... Talk about baseball. Baseball is canceled, and we're all going to bed without dessert. Uh, I don't. I, I got dessert in the fridge, yo. I don't know about you. I mean, I'm I'm with you on the baseball part, but not the dessert part. <sighs> I have my dessert right here, metaphorically. Ooh. So, Rachel. Yep. It's March. Yep. In theory, we would yep. be hearing at this point about cacti and grapefruits. Yep. Yep, it is getting to be spring, which is usually about the time of spring training. Mm-hmm. However, none of that this year. So like, first oh, so like really for sure they've canceled spring training or we're just like putting it off? Like, well, start at the top. Okay, so if we're going to start at the top, I'll start with my unwritten rule of baseball. Yes, okay, give today. it to us. So, it's been too long. Oh, I've missed these. I know, me too. So today's unwritten rule of baseball is, wait, hold on. I know I wrote something for this, but all this says is about five seconds of public (laughs) domain calliope music. (laughs) I love you so much. This sounds like the list of band names I keep on my phone notes. I dreamed one the other night for a goth band. It was so good. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I said, Kyle, I have a goth band name. And I opened my phone and I wrote it down. And do you want to know what it was? Sure. I really do. Thorn by Darkness. Oh. Pretty good. (laughs) I don't know why the preposition my brain went with was by, but... But yeah. I feel like you could put it in gothic font on a t-shirt and it would sell. All right. Anyway, baseball. Speaking of darkness. <sighs> so pretty darkness even in the Cactus League. I figure I should probably at least address what's going on in baseball right now as it doesn't seem to be letting up anytime soon. Yes, please. So to start at the beginning. Essentially, everyone who plays baseball for the MLB is in a union called the Major League Baseball Players Association. And every few years, they sign a contract called the Collective Bargaining Agreement that serves as a formal agreement to play baseball for the MLB and the individual team owners. 
So this contract regulates all the financial aspects of the game, like salaries, free agency, trades, etc., as well as certain aspects of the rules, um, like the designated hitter, the number of mound visits allowed, the structure of the postseason, stuff like that. I imagine the other sports have something very similar. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the most recent contract for baseball is from 2017, and it's 373 pages long. Uh, there are 28 articles or headings that encompass everything from revenue sharing to spring training conditions to expense allowances to health and safety. However, these contracts have expiration dates and they need to be rene- renegotiated every few years because circumstances change. Um, one huge example of this in sports and entertainment in general over the past few years is streaming services. Since old contracts with athletes, actors, writers, crew members, etc. didn't include streaming rights, these people weren't getting a cut, or at least very much or very fair of a cut, of the profits. So that's just one small facet of a recent change to the sports entertainment landscape, but there are many, many more, and even old settled agreements need to be able to adapt to changing circumstances. So, the Collective Bargaining Agreement, or the CBA, that was last put into place in 2017, was set to expire on December 1st, 2021. Now, typically, if negotiations are going well, you barely hear about the CBA because a new one would get agreed upon before the deadline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, more often than not, there's enough disagreement that there's some kind of work stoppage, but it's usually brief. And, is, it's, and it's usually like during the offseason. Yes, yeah, and this one started during the offseason. Um, indeed, when the two groups couldn't come to an agreement by the December 1st deadline, ownership initiated a lockout. So even this, though this happened during the offseason, it meant that all trades had to stop. Um, any office employees couldn't go into work. Mm-hmm. And players and team officials had to stop communicating. Um, a lockout, so as I understand it, is essentially management's version of a strike. Mm-hmm. So just to remind you, on one but side... But I feel like, yeah? I feel like we, we, shouldn't t- we shouldn't call like a management strike. Like, I know that's not what you're saying, yeah. but like... Management has the power in this situation. Yes. This is like this is like your parents locking you out of the house because you didn't make it back home for curfew. Well, Pretty I much, su- yeah. Suspect it's it's like probably originates from factory unions when you would lock the workers. Yeah, literally out. lock oh, them sure. out of the factory. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so just to remind you, so on one side you have the players union, also called the MLBPA. Mm-hmm. On the other side, you have the owners and management, sometimes just referred to as the MLB or the league. Um, all these terms refer to that same side. I have a question. Yes. Does the MLB PA also cover minor league baseball players or are they no, separate? It does okay. not. They have their own separate right. union. Okay, cool. Just just curious. Yes. I didn't realize that until I started the research for this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the conflict obviously, is between the people who actually play baseball and the people who manage the playing of it. Though, as Rebecca said, the people with the largest financial influence on the management side are the billionaire team owners. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So this lockout wasn't unexpected, since both sides knew beforehand that they weren't close to an agreement. Uh, however, the hope was that a new agreement would be reached in enough time for spring training to start as usual, um, which would have been February 15th of this year. But after the lockout, the management waited a full six weeks, that is until January 13th, to make its first formal proposal. By dragging their feet, the MLB is hoping to put the players in a time crunch. They haven't been paid since December, and if a new agreement isn't in place, they won't be able to work come spring training either. 
Uh, in the last week of January, the two sides did finally meet in the same room, but the players union objected to most of that proposal. Hmm. Okay, so on February 1st, uh, the players union came to the table with their own offer, including things that I didn't dig into too deeply, like a pre-arbitration bonus pool and statistics incentive system. Instead of making a counteroffer, the MLB requested that someone from the federal government act as a mediator between the two sides. Um, because oh. when they've done that in the past, management has ended up with a more favorable mm. terms than they otherwise might have. Gross. Of course. But the players' union is wise to that trick and rejected the request for mediator. So the MLB has to come back with a counteroffer. And it does on February 12th. Yes. So... What interest does the federal government have in this? Why would they play the role of a mediator in this kind of... Because it's such a large employer, I think, is what I have seen. Yeah. But it's like in the interest okay. of business for this... So like yeah, somebody the from the actual has Department gotten, of Labor. Yes, yeah. the government has gotten involved okay. before, which I'll get to a little bit later in when I talk about okay. some, some previous work stoppages. But yeah, I don't I don't know the direct answer to that question, but I would imagine... Okay. Because it's a huge labor dispute. I think that's right, because I think I saw that in an article somewhere. Because I had the same question. I was like, why the fuck did, did okay. these guys get to yeah. know, do that? But yeah, because it yeah. affects so many And the idea is that it's a quote-unquote impartial party, right. but of course but, it's right. not. Right. Well, it, there's never an impartial party in a labor dispute. No. but Because there's, there's either somebody who's yeah. pro-union or pro-management. Yeah. Okay, so... As, as I've learned from George. <laughs> I know, that's the thing. A lot of uh, what I've uh, learned about unions and the, like kind of the framework for this has come from a Twitter account uh-huh. for a cat, a cat. Uh, that was originally cool. came to prominence on an Am I the Asshole Reddit posting. Right. Mm-hmm. I was looking at this the other day. George has like 150,000 followers and has only been on Twitter for about 85 days. I'm actually surprised it's that low. I would have guessed it was millions. The lockout is longer than George's. The lockout has been <gasps> oh, going no! than you and I have known about George the cat. We need to send we need to send George in to the MLB. Become unbutterable. Yes. So if you don't know the story of George the cat, which did not originate to have anything to do with labor unions at all. Um, nope. sure. Yeah, Google Google George the Cat. Get caught up on that wonderful saga. Well, come on, all our listeners know about George the Cat. I mean, you never know. Puck and doesn't know about George the Cat, except for my grandmother, who's listening to this one episode. Right. Well, okay. What What's her name? Sonia. Sonia. Okay. Then you, you need to go look up George the Cat. Get Get one of your kids or grandkids to help you with it. It's yes. worth it. It's very fun. You will you will enjoy it. I know we have to get back to baseball, but uh, <laughs> my grandmother does not have any sort of like interaction with the internet whatsoever. She knows words occasionally from the internet, so every once in a while she asks me to jiggle something for her. Oh, that's instead adorable. of Google it. Oh, that's great. I love that. So I will I will jiggle jorts for her. Oh, that's perfect. Anyway, okay, please continue. Yes. Yes. So the MLB came back with a counteroffer on February 12th, but that February 15th deadline um, for being able to start spring training on time, that comes and goes. Um, so they start having to cancel spring training games mm-hmm. um, so that hopefully the start of the season won't get delayed. Oh, okay. But question. Yes. Sorry, we keep interrupting. No, that's so, fine. I know when um, 
the plague first hit low these two years ago. Mm-hmm. One of the concerns with putting sports off and then like starting them in the summer, which they ended up doing, was not having that sort of like training time and warm up time and it being very hard on their bodies and stuff. So if if baseball is just like canceling spring training games instead of pushing things back, is there that concern or does baseball play so many games that people don't worry about it? Um, yeah, there is that because now that uh, I'll get into it a little bit, but now okay. that games are being canceled, yeah, that's one of the one of management's things saying, you know, we need to, which, uh, you know, genuine or not, they're saying, right. you know, we need to make sure we have enough time for spring training so that players are properly warmed up and ready to go mm-hmm. for actual games. Right, and the players are probably like, okay, so give us what we want, we can start. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, I do have it in this next paragraph. So eventually, management set a deadline of February twenty eighth, saying if they can't come to an agreement by then, that's when actual regular season games will start to get canceled. But there was last minute progress. Um, so the eight straight day, there were eight straight days of negotiation leading up to this. So before that, and this is something I don't think I had really realized, we don't have people working on it around the clock. Like they seem to like come and go on when things are actually worked on and when they're actually sitting down to do a table together. Mm-hmm. But for those eight days, so like February 20th through the 28th, you had people working on it constantly. Hmm. Um, because there was actual progress, the deadline actually got pushed back to March 1st at 5 p.m. with the hope that they would actually come to agreement by then. However, by then there's still no deal. So Rob Manfred, who's the commissioner of the MLB, says the first two series so about the first week or so of the regular season are canceled ostensibly so that players can have enough time in spring training. So they won't be at higher risk of injury during regular season play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do they, the earliest... get, do they get paid differently for spring training games versus regular season games? I would imagine they do. Mm-hmm. I didn't get into that too much, but I'm just I wondering if that's a, a punishment in the guise of a concern, you know? Yeah. So I know, obviously, there were two different leagues, but I know that for um, hockey, like the salary cap does not kick in during preseason. So everybody gets paid during preseason according to their salary, uh, but the teams aren't held to the same standards. Oh, interesting. interesting. But but also in hockey, they're not paid during the offseason. Well, I don't know whether, I honestly don't know whether the players are... Are or are not like if they prorate their salaries over the off season. I don't actually know, but I, you know, this also includes. I think you didn't read the whole like three hundred and fifty <laughs> page CBA. Oh. <laughs> um. Okay, so the the season was supposed to have started on March thirty first. As of right now, the earliest the season can start is mid April. Hmm. As of yesterday, which was March March sixth, the players' union came back with a written counter offer. And ownership rejected it out of hand. Today is officially the 96th day of the lockout. So I'll be honest here. If you couldn't tell already, I don't actually understand all the specifics of the issues at stake. Because they don't super interest me enough to dig into them too much. (laughs) I like the actual game of baseball. Uh, The business of baseball bores me. Um, However, from what I've read, the Players Union has been focused on getting players paid more money earlier in their careers. Um, they also want to stop the practice of tanking, which is creating a shitty team on purpose by dumping all your good uh-huh. expensive players in order to get better draft picks. How could they, like, how do you enforce that? I mean, um, I'm... so the, the, pro- the, um, proposition on the table right now is a draft lottery. 
so that yep. you don't just get if you're last in last place you don't just automatically get the first, first pick mm-hmm. um draft pick that's what the nhl did a couple yeah, years ago the for the, for the exact too. same reason yeah 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 but okay i guess i didn't realize the mlb didn't do that yeah. You'll still get um, some accusations of tanking in uh, the NBA, but it's not rampant, I don't think. Yeah, I read a really good article, I don't know if I saved it somewhere, but about like how to shift up the, the draft system so that it, mm. like you still couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so unfortunately, the, the tanking really is a thing, and unfortunately it's been successful, which right. is what the Astros did in the early yep. to mid 2010s to get the cheating mm-hmm. cheaters of the past few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, the league wants to expand the postseason from the current eight teams to 12 or 14 te- teams. Oh my God, stop it. Which means more games and <laughs> more money. The season is already long enough. Um, it also means more risk for the players and a watering down of what it means to make the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, so one issue that's been raised for there that's where ghost wins comes in and the the players union are saying well okay we'll maybe introduce we'll maybe entertain the idea of 12 or 14 teams if the the top teams coming in get a uh, not even a oh. buy in the first round yeah, but yeah. like there would be a three game series and they would come in having won the first game of the three game right. series right which oh. is kind like, of weird almost like a forfeit no yeah no because the whole thing is you start the playoffs on an even playing field. Not with, I mean, with 14 so teams, they would have you to... S- I don't know. Oh, my God. That's too many teams. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that in a league that has too many that's teams almost in the half, Like That's almost half. 14 teams is almost yeah. half yeah. Yeah. the entire yep. sport. Yeah. So um, the competitive balance tax, actually, usually known as the luxury tax... Has also been a big issue because unlike all the other major sports, pro baseball doesn't have formal salary caps. But that luxury tax kind of functions mm-hmm. as a, this is how much the teams as a whole can spend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also don't want to get too much into the specific issues because it leads to what is happening right now, which is a loss of the big picture. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, tell us the big picture then. I mean, the big picture is that Rachel doesn't get to watch baseball. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like the people that the people who are actually interested in this, who are mm-hmm. supposedly like supposedly the fans have a stake in this too, except we don't. That you don't. You know, and I first I do want to remind you that even though one side does have some yes highly paid athletes in the mm-hmm. millions of dollars, the other side has actual billionaires. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, yes, they don't make as much money as they'd like if the season gets delayed, but the players don't make money at all. Mm-hmm. According right. to Bill Shanks for the Athens Banner, Banner Herald, the players' distrust of the owners is warranted as the owners continue to hide their books and nitpick on things that make them look like small businessmen trying to barely get by. Ooh. Which I liked that. And well, I like this not, one yeah. from uh, not- Jerry Beach at... For Forbes, a work stoppage is a running clock for the owners whose investments will only get better and more lucrative regardless of what does or doesn't happen this year. Mm-hmm. Sorry, true. Nancy, you were saying? I was just saying, you know, and the other thing we have to remember is, is you know, again, back to how the pandemic, you know, fucked over sports. It's not just the players. It's, you know, the hot dog sellers and the ticket takers yep. and the, you know. Yep. Security. The security, right. Like, the parking lot attendants, whomever, you know. And there was one team, 
was it the Rays? There was one team that was was putting a million dollars into right. paying the people for specifically because of the lockout who were mm-hmm. were going to be mm-hmm. missing, which is um, lovely. But the, it's not the players who should be doing that. It's nope management who should just be paying their salaries the entire time yeah because mm-hmm. they can afford to yeah and so though the minor leagues can still play quote unquote as usual any minor league prospects who are currently on the major league's 40-man rosters can't play at all and can't right. even communicate was... with the teams that they should be playing for i was gonna say how does that work given given the intertwinedness of mlb and milb yeah. Um. So the yeah, ILB is kind of starting, and they're you know, I mean, one small silver lining out of this might be, you know that it reinforces the the local nature of of mm-hmm. um, minor league teams, and because that's you know that's a not insignificant part of baseball culture. And if you love the game and if you want to watch it, minor league games are so much more accessible to so many more people oh, yeah. than major league games are. Yes. Um, and the, so, I mean, it would be great if, if people suddenly started realizing, oh, wait, this is a great part of baseball too. Maybe we mm-hmm. need to make sure that our, uh, leagues are set up and start pushing for leagues that are set up such that they value the minor league players and That'd pay be nice. them a living wage. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so Rachel, you might not know the answer to this if the business side of the sport doesn't interest you. <laughs> I mean, I'll make something up, and I'll sound confident. Okay, you're that good works. at that. So, so one of the things that that I've noticed with um, hockey, because I I weirdly get into like the contracts and the contract um, uh, structure, is you can you can very frequently tell when players contracts are coming up against the end of a CBA because of the way their contracts are structured. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if that has any, like if that shows up at all in MLB contracts and it, it may not because like comparatively the NHL players get paid very little compared to the other three, four major leagues. Hmm. But I'm just curious if you've ever seen that. Uh, no, and for my reading this, I didn't like the idea of, of individual contracts didn't come up except for well, something I'm just about to talk about here. Okay. Um, so management has another reason to drag their feet. If more than 15 days are lost in the 186-day season and players do not receive service time for them in the eventual settlement, free agent eligibility would be pushed back for many players, Ooh. including some big names like Shohei Otani oh. and Pete Alonso. The longer wow. they drag it out, the, they may get their per- current players for an extra year. That's shitty. For an extra year? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's a real wrinkle. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the idea of, of individual contracts, I didn't see too much. I'm sure that because everybody knew, like, if you watched baseball at all, especially this past season, there a lot of stuff was discussed with. Okay, that we know the collective bargaining agreement is coming up to expire. Mm-hmm. Here's what might change. Here's what we might be able to expect. I don't know if anybody, you know, I think everybody was just kind of crossing their fingers, announcers included, mm-hmm. that it wouldn't cross over into the uh the regular season but everybody knew that some big things were coming up for renegotiation Hmm. okay so now here is where i'm going to verge onto lukewarm think piece territory do it (laughs) 
No one's thinking of the fans, man. <laughs> Specifically, that there aren't as many of us as there used to be, and we're an aging base. <laughs> also, absolutely nobody seems to like Commissioner Rob Manfred. Not fans, not players. I have noticed that. Possibly the owners, but I don't know. So, theoretically, and I'm not sure how this is supposed to work, because he is employed by the MLB, the commissioner is supposed to act in the best interest of the sport. Mm-hmm. And he is, in effect, in a position to try to get the owners to see reason and make some concessions. I, I, as much as we may or may not like Rob Manfred, that sounds like a shitty job. Trying to yes. get billionaires to agree on things about paying people yeah. seems difficult and unfun. Yeah. And so you might expect he would at least be making a show of trying to do that. But no. No. He has been bragging about practicing his golf swing and cracking joke at pre- jokes at press conferences where the players' union representative was visibly upset. Yeah, because he's friends. Like if, if it's again, rich. if it's anything like hockey, he's friends with the owners and the GMs and all of that stuff. Yep. So he's got no vested interest in working for the players. Okay, so the sixty-four thousand dollar question: What now? Um, everybody's hoping to avoid what happened for the last major work stoppage, which was a player strike that lasted from August 12th, 1994 to April 2nd, 1995, and Dang. caused the cancellation of the entire postseason. So I used to watch baseball, mm-hmm. and then that lockout happened, yep. and so I didn't watch it for a year, and I've like basically not watched it since then. Wow. Yeah, you were not alone. <laughs> that uh, you know, Baseball took a major hit in popularity yeah. after that. Uh, This is interesting. It only ended when a judge from the National Labor Relations Board, one Sonia Sotomayor, (gasps) ruled that the owners had violated federal labor laws. Hot damn! Whoa! Yep. Uh, Okay, so that's why the feds get involved, because it's federal labor laws. Uh, She was a Yankees fan. I don't know if she still is, but we'll we'll forgive her that. She made baseball happen again. Okay, 232 days. That was the longest major league sports strike at the time that was eventually beaten 10 years later by the NHL. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the hockey strike in, what, 2015 or something? No, like 2004 that? to 2005. Oh, oh There may I, have been yeah. one since then, but that was the longest. I don't know if you know anything yeah, about there that, There has Rebecca. been one since then. But, but it wasn't as long. long. Okay. Mm-mm. Were you into hockey at that point, Rebecca? No. Not enough to, not enough to notice. And indeed, just like the MLB lost a young fan in Rebecca, hmm? baseball took a huge hit in popularity after that, with fans blaming both the players and the owners. Things got ugly in public situations. Wow. And I've read multiple articles recently from longtime sports journalists who are reporting that the attitude among everyone involved in this strike seems incredibly hostile, not hmm. just to the people on the other oh. side of the table, but to the sport as well. Hmm. Now, of course, baseball did somewhat rebound, steadily becoming more popular through the end of the 90s and the beginning of the aughts, thanks to a little thing called anabolic steroids. Yeah. (laughs) So Bud Selig... Thanks, anabolic steroids. Right? (laughs) Brought brought us the most exciting baseball in decades. So uh, Bud Selig, who was the commissioner of the MLB at the time, was slow to act on imposing widespread testing for performance-enhancing drugs. Gee, and I wonder why. wonders whether <laughs> this was a coincidence. So the question quickly becomes, can Major League Baseball recover from this? Uh, probably, but this isn't baseball's biggest PR problem. 
that would be the aging fan base, which had an average age of 57 back in oh, 2017. Dang. And aging quickly. Worse, even, even uh, only 7% of baseball's audience was under the age of 18. Now, it must be said that a lot of other sports aren't faring a whole lot better, but it sure seems like baseball isn't picking up a whole lot of new fans these days. So, yeah, that's where we're at. So, interestingly, this that kind of actually segues into what I was potentially going to talk about if we had time, um, which I think we do. Yeah, I think you should do it, and then we can ask Rachel more questions if we have more questions. Um, because what I've what I've been looking at, and what the what the like sports pundits are talking about. Well, maybe not talking about, but um, is how MLS mm-hmm. soccer is taking like is growing significantly in the US. So based on a survey in September of 21, um, about a thousand US respondents age 16 to 50 answered, uh, like said which which um, leagues they followed. And so the for all respondents, the biggest one was the NFL, then the NBA, then baseball, then soccer, then hockey. Um, if you look at ages 16 to 25, number one is the NBA, and then the NFL, and then MLB, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But, but the point is that soccer is coming for us all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that, that 2017 study, um, the, the youngest two were uh, MLS and NBA. Had the youngest fan bases. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. So I was reading. Uh, so the let's see. According to an article from December of 21. Um, where did it go? The average age of a baseball fan is 57 and rising. And the average age of a soccer fan is 35. Oh, Nearly really? That's 70%. even lower than than. Uh, probably more recent yeah. numbers than I had. I think it was around 40 for uh, MLS and 42 for NBA. Well, and nearly 70% of soccer fans in America are younger than 40. Mm-hmm. Um, soccer is the second most popular sport um, among Americans age 12 to 24. Uh, baseball is number five. Um, but But I think the point is... Soccer is now the fourth most popular sport. Um, I mean, baseball's still up there. Hockey, not. Which, frankly, doesn't surprise me. Because the NHL does fuck all them to mm-hmm. um, promote itself and to try to go for a younger fan base. They're still trying to cling to the old, rich, white guys that they've had for years. Um, and as a consequence, they're losing fans. Yeah, I will say the MLB um, doesn't do a whole lot in terms of... Um... I think reaching out like broadcast wise, but they do do, they seem to do, or at least the team seems to do a decent amount of investing in like youth baseball clubs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting point. I think that individual teams seem to do a lot more for their local communities and local fan bases and, you know, um, LGBT youth and um, youth of color, at least for hockey, that's a, that's a, should be a growing demographic of players. Um, 
But I don't see those same pushes from the leagues themselves mm-hmm. yeah. as the teams do in their local areas. Um, yeah, I guess they're, I don't know, just concerned with the, like, right now, what gets us ratings right now. Mm-hmm. I would be interested to know, and, and I doubt you have this pulled up on, on Jiggle there, Rebecca, but... Um, <laughs> That's I, what I'm calling it now. <laughs> yep, it sure is. Uh, how much the changing ethnic demographics of the U.S. have to do with the growth of soccer? Because, of course, it is much more popular mm-hmm. worldwide mm-hmm. than things right. like hockey or American football or even yes. basketball. And so as the U.S., gains you know more and more uh folks of you know particularly latin american backgrounds but yes. but other countries too you know i i wonder how much yeah, that i would say that probably affects it and also the ease with which we can now get international sports games and watch mm-hmm. them you know yes well and i have to wonder too like you know the nba is always up there in terms of like appeal broadly but also appeal to younger folks and i have always held the private theory that this is at least in part because it's very easy to pick up and play there's no there's almost no equipment required you can do it in very little space oh absolutely soccer is similar like as opposed to baseball or hockey or even (laughs) you need eight other guys at least (laughs) you need eight other guys and you need you know with hockey you need an ice rink Oh, yeah, yeah. hockey is the least accessible. Yeah, Yeah. but even baseball, you need more people and you need space enough to hit a ball, right? Basketball, you can play in, like, 10 square feet, right? Soccer, you need a little more space, but at least you can, like, pick up a ball and do dribbling exercises on your own, right? Like, that's... Yeah. So so I think there are a couple pieces to this. I mean, first, the... um, Soccer is the, like, most popular global sport. Um, And... As such, we get a lot more broadcasts of, like, European Mm -hmm. leagues um, here than we do of any other sport. Like, I can't just turn on TV on a random weekend and watch the Swedish league play each other in hockey. Mm -hmm. Right. But there's always some version of soccer on. Yes, it's true. Um, Oh, wait a minute. I saw this earlier. You asked about demographics. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Soccer is the most popular sport among Hispanic Amer- Americans aged 12 to 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also gaining popularity among Americans aged 6 to 17. Um, 11% of the TV audience who watch the Premier League soccer mm-hmm. are kids 6 to 17. Mm-hmm. So that's 11%. Compared to 4.6% of the World Series, mm-hmm. 9.4% of the NBA Conference Finals, and 9% of the NHL Conference mm-hmm. Finals. So, I think I think that, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you about how the, um, how the changing demographics of the U.S. at large play into this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure you're onto something there. Yeah. It feels like it has to be part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us, though, what's like, what's the way out of this? Like, is there any is anybody predict like, do we feel like we're close to a a resolution? Is anybody saying here's what's likely to come out of any resolution? Like, what are we? Where are we? There just seem to be things, particularly the luxury tax Mm. that neither side is budging on. Mm hmm. 
like these and these proposals that go back and forth like you know sometimes they come back with the same thing that was rejected in the last proposal mm-hmm. so i don't know i've not seen of course like now sports people who would normally be writing about spring training and baseball have nothing to do but spin their wheels on this right sure. um, and a lot of it comes it becomes a little bit samey after a little while so mm-hmm. i don't know i mean anything anybody's trying to predict is is kind Pure of shooting in the dark here yeah because like are the billionaires gonna give on huh. you know and it doesn't sound like they're close. No, it sure doesn't. Which is part, which is an issue. Yeah, it seemed like once the the eight straight days of negotiation broke down, that was kind of like okay, well we're we're that a lot our, farther apart. Yeah, that, that was, was our that was good our chance. chance and... <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't know. Well, I was looking at this, you know, as I do. I was looking at this for hockey as well. Um, the most recent CBA that the NHL signed was actually in 2012. Um, But they amended it in 2020 because they were making all sorts of changes because of COVID and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So um, they also ratified an extension. So I don't have to deal with this for another four years. (laughs) So if we're still here doing this uh, in four years, I'll do a deep dive on the NHL CBA. Will you look up what the next one for basketball is? Absolutely. I feel like they did it relatively recently, but I don't remember quite when it was. It might have been before I became a, like, serious fan. Well, a baseball update from Vallejo is that the uh, Vallejo Admirals are not playing so far this season because they don't have any teams to play with. They're an independent baseball team. Yeah, Yeah. they're not affiliated with the MLB or MILB. Right. Um, but I guess they also are not currently affiliated with any league, so oh, they don't and have... not even like the Pacific League or anything. Oh, no. okay. So they don't have anybody to play, so they're trying yeah. to figure out who to affiliate with, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I didn't look into, like, the Atlantic League and stuff to see if they're... Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be smart of them to be like, hey, you want baseball? We got baseball right here. I know there's a... a team over in Stockton called the Stockton Ports if we need to go watch. Yeah, they're they're minor the league, ports. I'm sure. Yeah, they are. The Ports, but, yeah, cuz there's a yeah. port in Stockton, so I figure <laughs> they all drink a lot of wine. <laughs> um so the NBA CBA runs through the 23-24 season. Oh, okay. Oh, so fairly coming up fairly soon. Yeah. Two, so you got, two more you got years. two seasons. Yeah. Okay. When was it established? Uh, this one was effective as of July 1, 2017. Okay. Yeah, that would be, I was thinking sometime in the teens. Um, and just just because I am who I am, I will tell you that the NHL CBA is 540 pages oh, plus, seven, plus 70 pages from the MOU. So that's uh, six. Wow. So it ten, dwarfs six, ten. the uh, MLB. Though we'll see the, how big the new one is. <laughs> the uh, NBA is 598 pages. Okay, so I should not have uh, <laughs> made such a big <laughs> deal out of my 373-page No, document. no, no. No, 300 pages is insane. The fact that these are twice as much is is bonkers. And now I have to look up the NFL. <laughs> yeah, it's... 
you know, every I am not somebody who ever in my life was like, this is the thing I am called to do. This is the career that I will have. This is the path I want to go with my life. But every so often I'll come across something like contract lawyer where I'm like, okay, but not that though. <laughs> Definitely not <laughs> that. <laughs> oh my God. And I was just, I was thinking, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> I support you in your dreams, Rebecca. You would be amazing at it. I would set myself on fire if I had to read stuff I like mean, that and I don't, retain any of it. Like, I don't have to do negotiations anymore now, but in my, in the last office that I worked in on campus, I was doing grant and contract, like part of my job was grant and contract negotiation for research. And I genuinely find it interesting. So like, I still read a lot of grants and contracts and you know, point out things that we have to negotiate out and see like where we can get around them using federal law or state law. So I genuinely I think find that's so about, interesting. If you're not doing anything this weekend, I think the MLB could use your help. <laughs> I will start reading now. <laughs> you might be done by next week. I will bone up on the MLB CBA. I mean, if you could go in and resolve it, maybe you too could be a billionaire. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's the other thing. I need to look into, like, how team ownership has changed over the years. And, like, obviously, team owners were never regular folk. No. No. But it also seems like it wasn't necessarily always the billionaire class mm-hmm. yeah. that had. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. It, and it would sometimes be, like, multiple owner, you know, multiple ownership mm-hmm. Among a group of people? I don't know. I bet it mirrors a lot of what we see in just, like, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote regular society. Well, yeah, Yeah. with wealth concentrating more and more in the... Right. Exponentially. Yeah. 200 people, literally. And and gaps expanding Mm -hmm. significantly. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all of those things online that say, like, if you're angry at the rich and you think that means doctors, lawyers, and actors, you don't understand the concept of rich. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And speaking of owners, somewhat oh related, uh, Jeter parted ways with the Marlins. <laughs> so that new ownership group that took over the Marlins uh, after they uh, burned down, or when they burned down the house for the insurance money a few years ago, um, mm-hmm. Derek Jeter, the former baseball player, mm-hmm. um, was he only owned like 4% of the Marlins, but he was the spokesperson for it, obviously, because he was a former player. Right, sure. Uh, people knew him. Everybody knows who he is. Um, he was also, I believe, the only, first and only African-American, maybe even minority, no, maybe just African-American owner of hmm. uh, a baseball team. Hmm. Um, he and the Marlins have parted ways uh, like half a year before his contract was going to be up anyway. Hmm. Uh, they disagreed over the direction the team was going in. Was it down? Yeah, I think he wanted up and everybody else was like, nope, let's see (laughs) how low this floor can go. Down is the way to go. (laughs) Yep. I mean, I think think that's a a valid position you should listen to as a player. Like, they know the the direction the team should go. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I don't know. It just seems to be more and more bad news for the poor Marlins. Like, if, if... Selling everything off and and rebuilding, because that is something separate from tanking. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but it, sometimes they go together, but not yes. always. Yeah. If selling off and rebuilding were going to work, I feel like we'd see a little bit more progress five years on, you know? And we did have, you know, the weird COVID season, you know, the 60 game season where the Marlins made it to the postseason. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> out of nowhere, that. made it to the second round of the postseason. Uh, kind of a fluke, I think we're we're seeing here. But it's just, jeez, man, I would love to be a fan of a team that wants to win baseball games. Because <laughs> I'm not getting that with the Marlins. Probably not getting that with the A's. Of course, every, yeah. you know all the trades and everything have stopped. But you know they're they're talking about jettisoning key parts of the team, like the Mats. So upsetting. I know, who are not free agents yet, but they feel like they'll be able to get more money for them now when they're at the peaks of their careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I will, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, sorry. I don't know what should be done, but not this, right? <laughs> Something else. Yeah. You don't have to have the answer to know that what's happening now is wrong. Yeah, and is is geared toward making the people in charge the most money rather than winning games or making baseball an enjoyable experience for as many people as possible. Right. Well, like on a very basic level, sometimes I don't understand it because like you'll make more money if you have a good product and the team is your product. Like yeah. the winninger your team is, the but, more money you will make. But long-term heard... thinking is so hard for humans. We are and, so yeah, bad and especially at it. rich people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I also, and I keep hearing, and I need to look into this. But again, business stuff kind of makes me shut my brain off. <laughs> <laughs> that it's like you're still still printing money even with a losing team, and since it's easier yeah. to have a losing team than it is to have a winning team, oh yeah, why not make money Absolutely. with a losing team than in, than make money with a winning team? Yeah. So that reminds me of what my question was, Rachel. Um. So the A's, which we should do a deep dive on their situation at some point, but the short, yes, the (laughs) short version of it is that the owner seems to be a complete asshat who is actively trying to fuck over the fans and the players and the team just generally because he's a cheapskate in spite of the So this is not a new thing for the A's. No. This has been going on for like 15, 20 years. years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that sucks. But it makes me, like, I would feel like, and and I don't know if this is in there anywhere or if it's even possible for them to put something like this in there, but I would feel like if I were a player, I'd want something in the CBA that says, like, owners must reasonably invest in, in the team, you know? And so I'm just curious if there's discussion of that or anything similar to that. I have not heard anything like that, but I mean, you're absolutely right in the sense that like, this is just another investment for them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the one that's going to perform no matter how much of their own personal Mm -hmm. effort they put into it. Yeah, I'd like to know how many of them even like baseball, you know? Yeah. Honestly. I feel yeah, like I've wondered that, too. It's an interesting thing in the NBA. I mean, obviously, I don't follow the other teams super closely, so I can't speak to this. But I feel like there are a decent number of owners, at least, if not a majority, who really 
are give a shit about the sport yeah and like (laughs) we'll go to games and like show up and you know like i'm sure they primarily see it as a money-making opportunity but yes are actually you know enjoying owning the specific team that they own and do actually like want to be involved so i wanted to look up you know because Obviously, we need to own a team. Yes. So I was look- uh-huh. wanted to do a quick check yeah, on yeah. how expensive a team was. Um, currently, all of the MLB teams are worth a collective $66 billion, which averages about $2.2 billion per team. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's going to vary by team. I was going to say, I think there's some, some at the, one end of that bell curve and some yeah, way yeah, at yeah. the other end. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but that article is behind a paywall and I'm not Uh. dealing with that. Um, whereas on the other side, um, a hockey team is only, only, only quote unquote has an average value of about 865 million. Really? I mean, if we want to buy a sports team, we need to buy a women's sports team because well obviously yeah, didn't you and i look into it one time and we yeah. found out we could buy one for like two hundred thousand like, or something some, yeah i was gonna say two hundred thousand yeah like we could legit- oh, so i just have to sell my house yeah yeah we could legitimately do it if we wanted like we'd have to figure it out but it's doable <laughs> let's take this conversation offline so we don't give any of our like 12 <laughs> listeners our financial ideas. information <laughs> Although, <clears throat> if you want to kick in, invest, we're at we can nofundme.com slash foulpuck. No. Yeah, we could be an ownership group. I like Hell this. Yeah. So speaking of ownership groups, uh, I just want to update you all because I, I know this is you know near and dear to your hearts. Uh, but the uh, NWSL team that was going to be in Sacramento moved to San Diego. But... Oh, no. Yes. But oh. they are starting... Uh, at the same time as the new LA team. So even though I had said I was going to have to break my no LA teams rule to support Angel City, that is no longer true. <laughs> I can support San Diego instead, and they have the better logo and colors. So we are oh, good. on point. I believe they are called Excellent. the Wave. The San Diego That's Wave. That's right. Yeah. Let me confirm. I that. think you said that. That sounds familiar. Yeah. They've got a great logo. I love it. Yeah. It's like, Rachel, you'll like it. It's all your colors, too. It's like teal and purple. and Oh, nice. Yeah. It's very, very good. Um, so, I still support the Portland Thorns, but also San Diego Wave is where it's at. And maybe uh, we could catch a game if we do the timing right and go down there this summer. And nice. that would be fun. You should. Yep. We should. All right. Anything else you want to say about baseball, Rachel, or about anything else, Rebecca? (sighs) I'm sorry. I don't even have the wistful sigh. The Warriors are hanging on to second place in the Western Conference. Just barely. The Grizzlies are pushing them on it. But uh, if the Warriors can manage to break their current losing streak, they should be fine. first? Uh, The Phoenix Suns. By a lot. They've been killing it. So, like... Warriors are not going to take first, and that's okay. <laughs> How much longer is left in the regular season? Can't be much. No, they. they I think they've just finished 64 games, so 18 more? 82 oh, minus 64 is 18. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, that's about where we are in our season, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
So I, th- I think they'll do okay. They need to get Draymond Green back. That's the main current problem is that he's been out for a while with a mysterious and challenging injury. But, oh, no. Or at least he was the last time I checked. I haven't. So this is a thing. I was going to mention this. Um, we've talked before about, like, fake fans and bandwagon fans and stuff, right? So, like, this fall was really busy and hard, and then the Olympics were on, and now my kitchen is being remodeled, and I literally can't get to my TV. Like, it's in the part of the house that is, like, curtained off, right? And so I have been watching very little sports this year. Like, I keep up with the podcasts and stuff. Like, I listen... Yeah, I, I tend to listen to the podcasts that air after the game has finished, right? And I, like, read mm-hmm. the articles and stuff. But I was having this little mini crisis of, like, does this now make me a fake fan? Do I, like, you know? And and I had to sort of, like... No. Yeah, that I had to yeah. have that conversation with myself about, like, no, I'm allowed to, like, not pay hyper-focused attention to this for a season. If There's that's... no such thing as a fake fan. Exactly. Yeah. You're a fan. Yeah. Period. I, I the still end. care. I'm still happy for the Warriors. I still meet, you know, even if I'm not staying on top of yeah. every single tiny development. So I just. Well, and, and like, we're in a u- unique position that we like tend to care about and every unique development, but there are plenty of people who are sports totally. fans who are casual fans. Yeah. Who don't know, like, what a CBA is and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, but it doesn't make you any less of a fan. I don't know how to do casual anything. <laughs> no. <that>. No. <laughs> no, I was thinking about this. I'm going on vacation in a couple weeks. And one of the days I'm on vacation is the NHL trade deadline. Oh, no. And oh, I'm no. genuinely excited. No, no, no. I am excited <laughs> to sit by the pool with my mimosa and my iPad and watch the trades roll Oh, see, I was afraid you were going to have to miss it because you would be with friends. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Nope. Well, I will be with a friend, but, but they understand. the activity is going to be sitting poolside. Okay. Nice. That sounds incredible. I'm very happy for you. So I get you're not being yeah. able to do things casually. I understand why you're questioning yeah. yourself, but yeah. stop it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, it's one of the things we've talked about in the past. So I thought it was, it was relevant that, you know, mm-hmm. still love the Warriors, still want them to do well and have watched yeah. like and two it, games. And if it, if you're stuff is still going on when they get to the playoffs, you're going to find a way to watch oh, the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. 100%. Yep. Well, any other final thoughts on what's going on? I got nothing. You need another oh. good long sigh there, Rachel? <sighs> yeah, you could see it on my face. <sighs> I could. I could. Well, there will either be baseball or without, there will not be baseball. And nothing I can do will influence that. Well, it'll it'll free up time to watch women's sports if you want. There's uh, the NWSL and the WNBA. That's true. And the college softball season is going oh, on yeah. right now. There you and go. And the Paralympics right now. Yeah. yeah. It's an abundance of sports. There are. I, I mean, it's not like there's no anyway. sports. And it's not like, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't get into this too, but it's not like Major League Baseball is the only baseball. It's definitely not. No, totally. And if baseball could become more decentralized... Mm-hmm. You know, and we had options, that would be great. But However, the quick and well. easy baseball fix of there being a major league game on my TV every night is not happening, not happening in the near future. So, Well, look up some Stockton Ports games. We can take a little drive. It's like a half hour. All right. <laughs> All right, friends. Rebecca, if people want to invest with us in an ownership group, for a women's mm-hmm. sports team, how do they get mm-hmm. a hold of us? 
they would go to kickstarter.com <laughs> slash foulpuckpod. No. Um, <laughs> best place to find us is on Instagram at foulpuckpodcast and on Twitter at foulpuckpod. And I would like to thank Joe for doing our editing and Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for our music. And I would like to thank all of our listeners, all like 20 odd of them now. We're, we're growing, guys. We are growing. <laughs> Slowly, but we're growing. Are we officially in like the double digits now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we definitely are. I would like to thank all of our listeners for being wonderful humans. And I would like to encourage you to please go and rate and review us, uh, especially on the Apple iTunes podcast app, but on anywhere that you do your uh, podcast listening. And... Uh, I would like to uh, encourage you to tell your friends, tell your family, and uh, otherwise spread the good news of Thalpuck Pod, because we have a good time, and we hope you have a good time too, and everybody it's true, we do. should have a good time. And that's that. Thanks for listening. See you again next time on Thalpuck Pod. Casting.